Welcome to I Am 73 Discipleship on Sower Radio, now on Spotify and iTunes. This is Joseph Borba coming to you straight out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It is the Sunshine State. It is August and the sun is shining brightly. It's the home of the pro-family, pro-freedom, pro-life, Ron DeSantis. Let's lift our hearts and our minds in prayer to Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thanks and praise, glory, honor, and obedience to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are the Amen, the Lion of Judah, the Father's Lamb. We worship you as our King, our Lord, our Savior. We place nothing And no one above you, Lord. No one. Lord Jesus, we're praying for an end to abortion. May anyone in the world, anywhere in the world, seeking an abortion today, through our prayer and your dunamis, change their minds and let their children live as God the Father revealed to Israel in Deuteronomy 30.19. The words... The revelation of God the Father, I have set before you life and death, blessing or curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Lord Jesus, we're praying for the Uyghurs. There's one million Uyghurs. Google it. One million Uyghurs in slavery right now. In communist China, the evil spirit-led, evil spirit is in that regime in China. Yeah, he's captivated the regime, not the people. The people just want what you and I want. They want freedom. They want to raise a family. They want to worship God in the manner of their own faith. But they can't because they are enslaved in China. One million Uyghurs. May the leaders, politicians around the world have the courage to publicly condemn this act of genocide. Jesus, we're praying for all who lost their lives in the Maui fires. We're praying for their families. We're praying that now Christian charity may be bestowed upon those families in abundance so they can bury their loved ones and rebuild their lives and their homes. Jesus, we're asking for more prayer for the exposure of the cartels who are kidnapping children. We are so grateful for all that's been done right now through the movie The Sound of Freedom and the exposure to that evil that the world is seeing now, they're shocked. And shocking knowledge brings awareness. We ask, Lord Jesus, to continue to expose this evil. Expose them all, Lord. Every demon-led groomer and kidnapper and pedophile, expose them, imprison them, and let your children be free. Lord Jesus, we're always praying for the pobre. 
all single moms and dads and families throughout the world who are having a hard time providing for their families. They are pobre because too many folks, too many politicians are greedy. They lust for power and money. Lord Jesus, we believe in the revelation of your word. We believe in the dunamis of your word. Your gospel, Luke chapter 12, verse 2. You reveal to the world there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. In your power, your dunamis, Lord, many secrets are being revealed right now in thanks and praise, glory, and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for that revelation, for that exposure. Exposure is putting fear into the hearts of the leaders and the politicians around the world who have been lying and cheating and stealing from the pobre. Continue to expose them, Lord. Yes, Jesus, continue to expose all the corruption and the lies. Let the stealing stop so the poor can feed their own families. We ask this all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever wondered, because I have, I'm just wondering if we're the same, have you wondered what Jesus' daily life looked like growing up in Nazareth of Galilee? What kind of clothes he wore? What kind of food he ate? What were his prayers? The things he prayed on a daily basis? We can know a lot about Jesus' daily prayer life because of this one Bible verse. This is Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 21. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. By circumcising Jesus on the eighth day, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, identified Jesus to the world as a Jewish believer. That's very important. And now, as a Jewish child, Jesus becomes part of God's family. Yes, Jesus in his circumcision, is brought into God's family, a new child of God's covenants and promises. He is now part of the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Circumcision of Jesus Christ prefigures Christian baptism, the beginning of a life in the Holy Spirit, in the Catholic faith. Some Christians do not believe in baptizing children because they're thinking in a human way and not as God thinks, just like Jesus proclaimed to Peter. Their thoughts are that a person has to be old enough to personally choose Jesus as Lord and Savior, and they have to accept them into their heart personally, and a child cannot do that. That's their thoughts. That's why they say you can't baptize a child. Oh, yeah? Well, what if God wants that child to be a part of his family? 
What if God wants that child through the faith of his family, through the faith of their parents, just like Mary and Joseph did, to be part of his family? God loves children. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. Jesus reveals this. Let the children come to me and do not prevent them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Do you see the power there? Do you see where if you say you can't baptize a child, what are you saying? God can't do that? Are you saying God cannot take that child into his life? That would contradict the very Bible you profess. Mark 10.27 and Luke 1.37. Nothing is impossible for God. So yes, my brothers and sisters, we baptize our children as Catholics and as Orthodox Christians, and we will always baptize our children because we know God's power and love and how much he loves children and wants them into his family at birth. The final point is this. Baptism is not the end of the faith journey. It's the beginning of faith. As that baptized child grows in the love and the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, they will then receive the body and blood the next sacrament, at seven or eight years old, after their first communion, what happens? Around 12 years old, they receive another sacrament. It's called confirmation, where they personally confirm their baptism. Here is how the church teaches us about the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. This is a catechism. It's in the glossary, page 872. Confirmation completes the grace of baptism by a special outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which seal or confirm the baptized in union with Christ and equips them for active participation in the worship and the apostolic life of the church. What a beautiful teaching. Someone once said, I wish I could remember who exactly it was because I would give that person the honor for having put this in my mind as truth. They said, confirmation is a sacrament, sacrament which strengthens us in the Holy Spirit so our faith can become Public. Yes. Awesome. Back to the prayers of Jesus. Growing up in Nazareth, Jesus would have prayed this prayer daily. There's a certain prayer. He would have prayed it all the way to the cross. As soon as he could pray, the prayer was this. It's called the Shema. It's a combination of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and Deuteronomy 11, Chapter 11, verses 13 through 21, and also includes the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verse 37 through 41. Listen to the first part of the Shema, the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed daily, twice a day, because that's what you're going to see. Pray this prayer when you rise and when you sleep. That was the Jewish faith. 
see if you recognize what Jesus is, what Jesus says in the New Testament once you hear the Shema. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Recite them when you are at home or when you are away, when you are lying down and when you rise up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and your gates. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Jewish people did not understand these commands to be symbolic. So when you see an Orthodox Jew, it's the person wearing a black outfit with a black hat, and he's got curls coming down the sides of his head. And with that, they will wear a small pendant on their foreheads. And if he's left-handed, he will wear the pendant on his right hand. And if he's right-handed, he wear the pendant on his left hand. Inside those pendants is Scripture. They're following exactly what the command was. Bind them on your foreheads, tie them on as symbols on your hands, and 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 write them on your doorposts. Door they did that exactly as it was commanded. Those are called phylacteries. That's what they're known as in the Jewish faith, phylacteries. So that's the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed daily, the Shema. Read it, pray it, and be united with your Savior, Jesus Christ, in that prayer. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back with the Gospel of John. Dear friends and family of Esne Soa Radio, this is Father Charbel from Sanctified in Truth. I hope and pray you have a chance to participate in our 33-day consecration to Jesus Christ through I Am 73 program. We go through the four Gospels, and so hopefully you have a chance to enter deeper into your relationship with Christ through I Am 73. God bless you. Welcome back to I Am 73 Discipleship. This is Joseph Borba. We're breaking open the Word of God, the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 3. We're going to read verses 17 through 21. This is right after um, the famous verse where 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. 17 and following. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe in him already has been condemned 
because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 17 confirms our exegesis of John 3.16. God the Father did not send, he did not gift Jesus, his word made flesh, his son, to condemn us, but to save us, to save the world by dying for our sins. There is no salvation. There is no eternal life without Jesus' supreme, supreme sacrifice. But salvation is not automatically given to every person. We have to choose it. Some people have condemned themselves, and they choose to walk with the enemy. They choose to walk in the darkness. We remember darkness in John's gospel means the realm of Satan the fool. It's everything ugly that you can think of, that you can imagine. It's the greed, the violence, the hatred, the corruption, the kidnapping of children, the fornication, the idolatry of money and power. Some people literally choose that path. And so it's self-condemnation. There has been great controversy throughout the years, throughout the centuries, about this. There was a controversy, and still is, about the relationship between God's omniscient power and predestination and free will. So, John Calvin, the Protestant reformer, read Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, and this is what Romans chapter 8, 28 through 30 reveals. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew... He also predestined to conform to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God. So this Protestant reformer, John Calvin, reads that, and his interpretation is that only the elect, God's chosen people, had free will. 
He thought that God chose only certain people to be saved, and those people were given the grace they needed for salvation. He called them the elect, the chosen ones. And everyone else? Lake of fire. Can you see how wrong that is? No, the revelation is that God died for everyone's sins. And Jesus came not for the righteous, but for sinners. So everyone must have, must have the free will to choose Jesus and repent and follow Jesus to the kingdom of God and be saved. Do you see the deep flaw in that interpretation? God creates people knowing that they're going to be condemned? No, that's impossible. It's nonsense. We can't believe that. It's That makes no sense for any believer. It goes against the gospel. That's a false gospel. Just like once saved, always saved. That's a false gospel. You can choose the way the, the wrong path after you've cho- chosen Jesus. They call that backsliding. Well, that's losing your salvation. When you choose greed and hate and lust and the realm of darkness, you're choosing that over Jesus Christ. So once saved, always saved is a false gospel. So what is the answer about predestination and God's omniscient power and free will? To understand that, first we must understand what omniscience means. It means God is all-knowing. God knows every thought, every deed, every word you and I have ever spoken, everything we've ever done. God knows it. And not only for you and I, but for every person God has ever created. Brothers and sisters, if there are If there is humanity on earth in a million years, God already knows those people by name, and he knows everything about them. So this is an amazing teaching by the Catholic Church about the relationship between God's omniscient power, predestination, and our free will. This is number 600 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And it says this. Hold on one second. Here we go. The church teaches their faithful this. To God, all moments of time are present in their immediacy. Immediacy simply means God lives Every moment of eternity in the now. Can you can you grasp that? That's a great mystery. God lives every moment of eternity in the now. Again, to God, all moments of time are present in their immediacy. When, therefore, he establishes his eternal plan of predestination, he includes in it each person's free response to his grace. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. 
That is the most beautiful teaching I have heard in a while. That is hundred year, hundreds of years of debate and interpretation of the sacred scripture in one concise, brilliant, spirit-led teaching. Thank you to the magisterium of the Catholic Church for excellent guidance on the controversial issue. So I'm going to read it one more time, the important part. God is omniscient. And therefore, he establishes his eternal plan of predestination. In that plan, he includes our free response to grace. He he includes that. That I'm just overwhelmed. It is just just so beautiful. We continue in John's Gospel, chapter three, verse seventeen. We're saying that God does not predestine anyone to death, to the lake of fire. No, they choose that. If we choose Jesus Christ, listen to what Jesus Christ says. John 8, 12. Remember what the the Bible just said? People who walk in darkness are afraid of the light. Well, Jesus calls himself the light. John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the revelation is clear. Jesus has not come to condemn the world, but to save us from the realm of Satan, the fool. Save us from our evil ways. Take the millstone off our necks. Yeah, those, choose, those who choose Jesus as a light of the world, they come to him with a contrite heart and follow his gospel and commands. They're going to live in his kingdom. They're called disciples. And we already said that Jesus has revealed his disciples' names are written in the book of life. But it's a choice. We are free to choose. Some folks condemn themselves. It's self-condemnation. Jesus isn't condemning them. They choose the life of darkness. They hate the light. They hate our Savior. It's self-condemnation. God did not send his son to condemn the world. God sent Jesus to save the world. But some folks prefer darkness to light. And that's why I am 73 is so important because this is a hard testimony, but I walked with a millstone myself as a Catholic for many years until I had a metanoia. And that's why I am so passionate about evangelization. People can choose Jesus. We have to put the name of Jesus Christ into their hearts and minds. We have to do that. That is God's will for us as disciples to put his name in their hearts and minds so they can begin to choose Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We continue with verse 19 and 20. They give us a powerful description of how we can know who is walking in darkness and who is walking in light. The fundamental revelation is that those who do not want their actions 
their works to be known by others, as the Bible just revealed. Those who hate Jesus do evil things, and they stay far away from the light as possible because they do not want their evil deeds to be exposed. St. Paul said this to the Ephesians about that, a very powerful, powerful witness to the Ephesian church. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. Remember, place ourselves, we place ourselves in the word of God. You are the Ephesians. I am an Ephesian. And this is what Paul says to us. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Live as children of light, for the light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention the things done by them in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. My brothers and sisters, we're coming back next week. We're going to open up the Bible and we're going to continue our Bible study because the word of God is so powerful in our lives. As a disciple of Jesus, pray the word, live the word, share the word. Amen to the blood of the Father's Lamb, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message produced by El Sembrador Ministries. Remember, you can watch ESNA programming 24 hours a day through the ESNA radio app on the radio 540 AM in Carmel Valley or at www.jesusthesower.com. Look for us on social media and on our YouTube channel as Noel Diaz Esne. Do not miss out on the wide variety of messages and religious material for the growth of your spiritual life. The number of our offices is 773-777-7773 and you can visit us online at www.elsembrador.org The Sower New Evangelization Thank you for being part of this great family.